0: Welcome to Behind the Spotlight, a different kind of podcast where we have real deep conversations with entrepreneurs and celebrity visionaries who are making their potential possible. They are certainly ahead of their time and worthy of yours. So listen as I take your favorite entrepreneurs off a pedestal and onto a bar stool right next to you. In life, it all comes down to building powerful, long lasting relationships in a thoughtful, authentic way. You know, we all see that highlight reel of successful entrepreneurs, but I want to take you behind the spotlight and show you who they were before they figured it all out. Let's explore the sometimes torturous, but always interesting paths their lives have taken. So I'm Beth, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and a magnetic business mentor. I help entrepreneurs to strategically prepare their business and gain exposure through collaboration and media so they can make their mark on the world. I'm a huge believer in the power of potential to catapult your life forward. So join me as we explore stories of some of our favorite people leveraging their past to make their potential possible on Behind the Spotlight. Thank you, Pam, so much for coming on. I'm so excited to meet you and have you here today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Uh, you know, I love it when I meet, I meet like-minded women, but one of the things that you said recently was like, there's many aha moments. I'd love for like, to like, what do you mean by that? Because I think a lot of people dream like they live in a movie when there is one aha moment, and that's actually not real
1: life. No, but we're taught it is real life. And we're taught to look for that one aha moment. And so that's what we're looking for all of our life. And we're like, was it this one? Is it this one? And then you'll go to a conference or you'll be somewhere and they'll be like, well, what was your aha moment to help you dig out of that? Or what was your aha moment that made you the success that you are? And what I learned about myself is I've had aha moments from childhood until yesterday. And each (laughs) aha moment has become part of the fabric of who I am and built and developed me as much as each challenge, adversity, obstacle, trauma that I've gone through.
0: Yeah. And also your age. I feel like I've had aha moments at 20 30 40 and I hope I continue having them but for me it's like yeah I have these aha moments but what's the action around that moment that's what's most important to me because I'm sure everybody else I've had aha moments where I don't do
1: anything but there's also the ones that I do I feel like it's the action but I also feel like what's the lesson here oh what am I supposed to learn from this? And again, the aha moment, and then and the moment that is like you're down in the dumps and rock bottom both. Like, what? What am I being taught? And my lesson, if you went through the same thing as I did, might be different from your lesson. Mm -hmm. And what can we take from it? And the action is important too, because nothing changes if you don't do anything, but it's hard to do something when you don't know what the lesson is. And when you're going through it, it's really hard to know the lesson. It's usually when you get through it that you learn the lesson and then you can make the modifications and adjustments and take action.
0: Yeah, you know, I have a problem realizing... A lot of the times, like what the lesson is, because I'm always moving so fast and that's just my personality and how I work. But then when it's time to like sit back and think about it, I honestly I have
1: trouble being in depth about it. That makes sense. You know what it I mean? does make sense. And I think I see some stuff in you that I used to have in me, <laughs> which is that busy, keep going, move, 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 move. And for me, I've worked on that because I felt like at some point, as much as that was my nature and my habit and my comfort zone, it also was not helping me evolve to the type of where I wanted to be. And so when I slowed down which was uncomfortable in the beginning. But as I got more comfortable with it, information came to me and I was downloading my brain as if it was the motherboard and the downloads were coming in like crazy. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this and this, what, and this is a lesson and this is being happening. And I couldn't even see it because I was too busy. It's kind of cool. Yeah, no, I definitely, actually, for the first time, probably since COVID,
0: I took Monday off and I hadn't done that Yeah. The funny part about it is that all I did was sit in the car. Like my husband and I went to Costco, but I didn't go in. My husband and I went to Trader Joe's, but I didn't go in. So (laughs) I just, I sat in the car and like literally just watched people walk around just to turn my brain off for a moment. Brain
1: off. Yeah. Just zone, meditate, chill, kind of let go. We don't let go. We have such a grip on everything as if we have control anyway. No Like, as if we have any say, like the universe isn't ruling this for us. I mean, come on. But we like to pretend to ourselves because it gives us a false sense of security. It's that illusion.
0: Yeah, I'm not. uh, That's not an illusion for me. I've definitely lost control. And like you said, like I've had my own traumas and those taught me, I guess I'm realizing now, those taught me a lot of different things, but I didn't think about it in a control issue. I didn't put it into that category that that, the way that I wasn't examining it was really a control issue so that I didn't have to examine it.
1: Hmm. A-ha that's, moment, that's, yeah. a <laughs> and and you can call it control. You can call it attachment. I mean, there are lots of different words for it, but it's, you know, when we're not letting go and just trusting and believing and knowing that it's kind of going to work itself out. And I, I find myself in that spot all the time also. And I have to check myself so that I can go back to the place where it's, you flow.
0: Yes, flow is really important. And I think a lot of times I go, because I'm a little woo-woo. I don't know if you're into the woo or not. Maybe. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I thought so, I wasn't sure. You know, source or universe, but you know, my entire life I've always felt like it always works out. There's There's not a time that it hasn't worked out even through the traumas and everything else that I do. And I always, <laughs> I rack that up to like, I'm pretty good. Meaning like I'm pretty talented and everyone's talented, but I'm actualizing my talents. That's why it works out. Not just having faith. I you
1: know, And by the way, you're more than pretty good. You're amazing. You're unbelievable. And you're spectacular. And that's the thing. We all are. We're miracles. And that's what I try to tell people. We're each a miracle who is here at this time in space. And you call it woo-woo, and I do too, and so does everyone else. But soon it's not going to be woo-woo anymore. This is going to be the way it is. No, and I feel like it wasn't working
0: for Earth either. I really feel COVID's like a Mother Earth kind of thing, plus everything else. Um, but, you know, right. so I grew up with the woo. I really did. My mom wasn't a witch, but she was into all that stuff. So that's such a natural progression for me. But when I say stuff like that to my kids, I have a junior and senior in high school boys. They look at me and my husband, to be honest, they look at me like I have three heads. And I, and I, I often say to them, but I've, grow, I've brought you up with this. I brought you up believing in the universe, believing in a higher power, believing in your power to create. But they don't see it as woo woo. So I hope as the collective does that they will, too.
1: I feel the same way. I have three kids, two 19-year-olds that are freshmen in college and a 16-year-old girl, so two boys and a girl. And... um they, sometimes maybe, I'm not even saying this, maybe it's awkward for them or embarrassing with their friends, but this is so part of who they are. They've grown up with affirmations, meditation, green juice, seeing a bigger picture, believing in something more than just what's in front of our eyes, multi-sensory versus five-sensory, reading Dale Carnegie, reading John Maxwell, reading Wayne Dyer, reading Vincent Norman, Norman Vincent Peale. So my kids sound like yours. <laughs> a little bit. They're not, they're not doing their reading. Dale Carnegie is about
0: <laughs> it. Right. they will. But I- For me, it gives me like that extra sense of protection, almost like a white light for me, but I don't, I agree with you. I think that in certain circles, that's the way we talk. That's the way we believe. That's the way we are. And like in being an entrepreneur, that like-minded person, I like that woo-woo like-minded entrepreneur because I can speak your language. Um, And those are my people. And we always, I always talk about with my clients um, and doing PR is really like finding your people. But I think one, people, one piece that's missing for entrepreneurs is not finding your entrepreneur people, your, collect, your, your community
1: collective that has to have that like-mindedness to them. I, I agree. And it's hard because it's needle in the haystack. It's not an easy thing to seek out. But I think that sometimes people don't even realize they have that in them and you have to evoke it. And when you start getting comfortable talking about it in front of them, those entrepreneurs, either they, and this is what I love, either... We find out, oh, maybe this isn't the whole of them, but they have this side to them. And the other thing is they also a lot of them are open to learning. A lot aren't, but a lot are and are like, so like I'll just be talking about essential oils and all of a sudden they're like, can you get me one? Where do I get these? Like what what kind do you like? And all of a sudden they like are putting essential oils in their mask. And you know, not a big deal, but putting that in your mask and wearing that all day long then versus a mask that has no essential oils, it's a mood enhancer. A mood enhancer is gonna help our society. I didn't even think about that. I'm going to start putting essential oils in my mask when I go out. A little lavender. My daughter does it before school. She puts lavender in or peppermint just a little bit. Don't forget because it's yeah. good burn. <laughs> and your whole mood changes. And that's what you're inhaling all day long. That's so good for you. That's such a great
0: idea. You're, you must be a good mom. But I, I love your, your position about mindset, meditation, and what it can really bring you as a, as a person and not just entrepreneur. So how did
1: you get started in having this point of view for your business? So that's a great question. I love it. So um, basically, this is a newer business. It's only a few years that I've been doing this. And before that, I was in—I ran a real estate team, a very successful top team in my area. And then before that, I had a couple of other businesses. And I, the reason I'm bringing all of that up is because this has been woven into the thread of each one of those businesses in some way or another. And if you look at my businesses 15, 20 years ago, it was woven in, but at a very low level because I was just at the beginning process of it. And I was just learning about it. And I really, I was learning about it because I was learning about myself and I wanted to grow and better myself and become the best version of myself because I had gone through a ton of trauma as a young kid. And I was so sick of being insecure, of hating myself, of hating my life, of victim mentality, of feeling badly about myself. So I was like, what, what, what can I do to change something? And as I learned how to change myself, I brought it to every aspect of my life. And so like, if I look at the person I was in my late teens or early twenties, and I look at my business, they were very similar. And was it better than I was when I was 10, 11, 12? Absolutely. Was it who I am today? No. So this has been an evolution that's a marriage between me personally and professionally. Oh, I love that. My business has evolved mindset-wise as I've evolved. That's such a different point of view, Pam. Like I, that's really, you know, people
0: kind of, fall into what they're doing versus creating that space for them to continue to not only personally develop, but develop other people.
1: <laughs> I did fall into the career a little bit, not fell into it, but I realized it's my mission. It's not necessarily if I, if I was, someone said to me, Hey, what do you want to do? What's the number one thing you'd want to do? I don't know if this is exactly how it would show up, but the mission would show up the same. So my goal is to, you know, inspire and motivate people to live their very best lives. There are lots of ways to do that. This is how it's being channeled through me right now. And I don't know, like if I, if someone had asked me at the beginning, would I want to be on videos? Would I want to be so public? I'm pretty private. I'm an introvert. I'm pretty anonymous. So this is a little out of my comfort zone, but this is the way it's meant to be. And um, with that comes all the you know, stuff that I've worked on myself and married into my businesses. And it, it is, it, it I like it. It's cool. Because I get to be my authentic self everywhere I am. Fully aligned. And
0: that's something that I strive for. And probably 99% of the people that are listening really strive to have that real alignment. But I am curious. Like, so I had, I did real estate for a minute. I
1: hated it. But how did you go from real estate to being a coach? Well, first of all, I should just say I started when I was young as a teacher. So oh. There's something to teaching, coaching, uh, mindset, all that sort of stuff. And I was a special ed teacher. So there's a specific, that's a specific population right. and not better or worse, but you have to have a certain type of something inside of you to work, want to work with that, a passion yes. for people. Yes. Anyway, so yes. when I was in real estate, I always missed teaching. And I also knew the best way for me to learn was to teach. So I would be teaching classes in my company for my company. And so I would be teaching realtors and I led not only classes on real estate, but on meditation and other, and mindset, believe it or not, because I think a lot of real yeah. estate and sales is mindset. And so then I realized I was at the top of my game and I just realized though it was lucrative and financially it was great. And I'm a single mom of three kids and I wanted a certain lifestyle for us. My kids were getting older. I kind of had established that foundation and I kind of wanted... To move out of the business and I was ready, but um, unfortunately my dad suddenly passed away and I could not extract myself because I had to take care of my mom and my dad's stuff, whatever. And then I was like, okay, now I'm ready. And then my mom passed away within 12 months. And so I was like, okay, I am not meant to leave real estate right now. I got to, you know, now, now I have to deal with everything. And after I finished, you know, wrapping everything up for both my parents and everything, I decided to take some time off. Which is, like you, very, very, very challenging for me. And when I mean time off, it meant doing nothing. I had nothing. I, had, I, I would go to the gym and come home and sit. And I'd read some books, self-help books, stuff like that, business books. But I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I really have no idea. I'm a huge meditator, have been for many, many years. So I would spend time in meditation, but it was uncomfortable. I cried. I mourned my parents. I didn't like it. I started writing. I wound up writing a book. And during that, some realtors would call me and say, Hey, why don't you? You're not in the business anymore. You did really well. Why don't you coach me? And so it started from that and it evolved into this. And there are so many different um, platforms that I work off of that it. it uh, evolved into that. There's not just one place. So whether it's my Instagram or, um, these podcasts or the book or whatever. Um, but that's how I kind of fell into it. And here I am. I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing it. It resonates a lot with me. Um,
0: you know, people calling you because you have, you have a specialty because you're special and you can really create, that possibility for them to be successful. And you were looked at as someone who was uber successful. So I, I resonate with that because that's how I fell into into doing media and PR was just, people started asking me questions. And after the third or fourth time I was telling my husband, he was like, well, maybe you should do this. Like it was like somebody had to hit me over the head to do it. But I want to acknowledge you for one thing when I, so I had, I had a lot of trauma in a very short amount of time and I didn't take off. And that actually would have been the best thing I had done for myself. I still pretended I was okay for about 18 months. if If you would go back and look at my social, I wasn't on my social, but all my stuff was, it looked like I was still doing TV. It still was there, but I wasn't able to really heal or like you said, learn from it until I took a step back and was like, wait a minute, I need to actually express that I'm hurting, express that I have trauma, express that these things were happening to me. Um, and that's where my healing started. And now I said to my business coach this morning, I said, to her, I feel like the haze has lifted. I feel like that every it's I'm done with it. I've moved past it. Um, but it took a long time. And that grace that you gave yourself, I'm really um, in awe of you because because that was re- that's really hard. And plus, you know, breadwinner for three kids. You ha- It's not like you, you know, you had to go into I don't know how your, your savings or whatever, but it wasn't like you had an income coming in for a while.
1: Well, yeah, and. It is really hard. And I had never given myself that gift before. And there were other times where I should have. And by the way, you're coming out of that haze and you're like, I'm good. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie downer over here, but just so you know, I think it's important for people to know it comes up again and again, oh. even when yeah. we heal ourselves at different levels of it. And yeah. I mean, not levels, different layers. So yeah. if it comes up this time for you, it's going to be easier because you've done the work, but it's, it, it hits us over and over again because it, when it stops hitting us, it means we're not living anymore. So we want it to keep coming, even though it's not fun and it's not easy and we hate it. When, when it's not happening anymore, it's also not a good sign. <laughs> well, thank you for acknowledging me
0: for that. I totally agree. This is not the first haze that's lifted. It's right, so- right, exactly. But so I, I, I take that in a lot. I appreciate that. It's, it's not, I think that us talking about this is what's really helpful for other people. To hear, like, to, to look at people who are doing well in their business and, and are, are people that people follow and you're like, oh, wait a minute, Pam's not 100% all the time? That's got issues? Like, we're real people and expressing that I think really helps.
1: It's me, I totally agree with you and it's about, it's a work every day. I, I don't wake up every day feeling amazing. I don't wake up every day, like, ready to go. And also, it's about understanding that We are built to think negatively. We are built to question ourselves. We are built to have limiting beliefs because of our programming and the generations before us and what they bring to us. And so that's our default. And that's easy place to be because it doesn't take work, but it's not a fun place to be. So we don't like being there, but we don't have to do anything. If we want to change that, we have to take action right now. And when we take action, that means we actually have to work and be a participant in it. But the thing is, when you do it for long enough, that becomes your default. And it's those rare times that you go back to the other side of negativity, you're not feeling good about yourself, but your natural state becomes much higher, your level of consciousness, your vibration, your frequency, you're at a much higher level. But first you have to put the work in. So that becomes your natural state, like the other one was your natural state. I really like that. And I have so many questions. My
0: first question, my first question is, why do we have that? Because you, you touched on it, but why do we have that default? Why what do you mean by generationally or programming?
1: So while programming is just by society, things we see that we don't even realize we're picking up on. I mean, I know I try to raise my kids not to worry about their appearances. They happen to be gorgeous regardless, or, you know, their bodies or what other people think of them, but they're seeing signs that uh, I'm going to make up Starbucks, but like, if you don't drink a pumpkin spice, whatever, you don't fit into the fall season. Like that's just so embedded and they don't know what they're they're picking up on, but you go to be a bait when you're a baby. And you're in the nursery at the hospital and you're screaming and your uncle comes to visit you and says, you got a screamer here. This kid's going to be loud. Your cells pick up on that information. And maybe you're not old enough to hear, oh, this guy is criticizing me. He thinks I'm going to be loud all of my life. But you're hearing something that's not a compliment to you. And I'm not saying we have to, you know, always be. babying each other and telling each other nice things but where our cells are eavesdropping on our thoughts so now your thoughts have picked up on this not only that the generational thing i think is huge so my parents parents went through the depression mm-hmm. when they when i looked at my parents pantry and i used to make fun of them their pantry was stopped and organized like single white female like <laughs> um i mean not sleeping a white female sleeping with the enemy yeah, No, no like, right. seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um like how many Ziploc bags do we need? Are we really going into um, a depression? And it was because of where they came from and the way they were raised. And they may have, you know, managed better than their parents, but they brought, they took on some of their parents' stuff and then they bring that to their children and they do the best they can. But it's only when we decide as parents or just human beings that we notice these things that we can change them and not impose them on our own kids. And that's, where the pattern changes, and the behavior changes can start to happen. And that's where your children can create a new reality there for their families. Wow. So if I'm
0: looking to find where those negative things come from, or where the defaults come from, what do you think I can do to see Not Not what my parents did wrong, because I'm not saying that. No. But, but those things that happened, because as you're talking, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to are kind of like, Well, my, you know, my parents didn't do that. And my parents didn't do this because I come from the space where I was never told to sit down and be, you know, look cute. I was never told to be quiet. I was told to be loud and get what you want. So I say to myself, like, I don't, the the depression comes in for me because my grandmother was in the depression in a candy store. It's a whole great story back there. But where can people kind of look at themselves and their families and see those, those things that come up?
1: the very first place and i say this to everyone and anyone who asks me is just start noticing your thoughts you don't even have to do that much work you don't have to do anything but be aware of what's going on in your head because it's not like okay i have this thought now let me think did my grandma rose start doing this or that no just notice your thoughts are these positive thoughts are they negative thoughts hmm. because they're thoughts and they're running through my head does that mean they're true because we think our thoughts are true. We take them at face value and we don't challenge them. So first notice, witness, observe them, be aware of them. So as if like, let's say I would, you and I are good friends and we're out to lunch and I'm like, you know what, I need to get a new job, but I'm not good at this and I'm not good at that. You'd say, hey, Pam, stop talking about what you're not good at. And you'll hear my thoughts out loud. Be your own best friend. Listen to your thoughts. If you believe in them and they feel right and they resonate, take them. If they don't, just Say, I wonder why I'm having that. That's it. That's it. That's the very first step. The second step would be, I wonder why I'm having that. And you know what? Actually, I, I actually am pretty beautiful. Or I am a really good person. Or I am capable of this. So then you start questioning it and challenging it and talking back to it. It starts to lose its power but also when you start being aware and doing that stuff you start to notice where they came from oh my dad used to tell me i'm so beautiful every day no wonder i think i'm so gorgeous and most people <laughs> don't think they're so beautiful they didn't have a parent who did that because it doesn't always have to be negative um so you'll you'll start to remember and you'll start to think of and connect the dots of where this stuff came from and where, but you just first step is the first layer is being aware and raising your consciousness because we are not conscious as a whole community.
0: Those are really good tips. Thank you for that. The one I want to add to that is that when I'm having an issue come up or something come up, my question to myself is is that increasing your vibration or lowering your vibration because that's where I'm that's where my space is. I Absolutely. like the vib- the energy vibration part of it. Me um, too. I love that. But what was coming up when you were talking was like okay, so how can I be better to my kids? Now I'm seeing All the stuff that I've been teaching them come out and come through what they're doing. But I think it's interesting really thinking about if your kids are younger, even our age, what you say to them and saying those things that will open their minds up, I think could be really helpful to create a space for your whole family to be
1: higher vibrated. I also think that what you just said is even like, I mean, I love what you said and taking it a step further is instead of telling them they're beautiful or telling them this or telling them that, which is also great, so not taking that away, but in addition, hey, what do you think of dot, dot, dot? Open-ended questions. And trust me, they're going to be like, I don't know, I don't know, mom, like (laughs) whatever. But it's just giving them the information to even think there's something more, like it's critical thinking, it's expansiveness, and there's something more. They don't have to answer it, but putting the question out there even shows them that there's something that they could possibly think about.
0: Oh, I like that a lot. That's that's something I wouldn't have thought of. And I and I also think that critical thinking is something they don't get taught enough. So, do you have things that you do every day, like a ritual of things you could do, that you could share with us? Because maybe we can take some pieces from what you do so we can make our lives more powerful and higher vibrations.
1: And the first thing I would say about rituals, routines, anything that's grounding and centering is, I might say a bunch of things. First of all, keep in mind I've been working on this for so many yes. years that. Whatever I say, don't be overwhelmed by it. Don't feel like you need to do that many things. You might hear Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning or Anthony Robbins, this is what he does or this is what this person does. And there are 15, 20 things. If there's one thing in there that resonates with you, take that. If you hear a ton of things, none of them resonate with you, don't do those. There are so many options and uh, um, things out there that you can do that choose the ones that work for you because those are the ones that will work. So I meditate every day. And if you've never meditated, meditate for one minute. And meditation is a tough, trigger word for people because people have feelings about it, both good and bad and uncomfortable. So you don't have to call it meditation. Just sit for a minute, turn your phone off, put your timer on for 60, 60 seconds. It's nothing. I would rather you do five minutes, but just a minute. That will help you. So I would say meditation, I meditate most of my day. I spend a lot of time in meditation, hours of meditation, but again, been doing this for many, 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 many years. So every morning when I wake up, no matter what, I do a formal meditation. So I actually have a room that I've created out of my, in my house so to meditate. Cool. So I have like my altar and all my stuff, but I don't think you need to do that at all. And I didn't start that way. I have sound bowls in it. I have yoga apparatus and this amazing crystal amethyst tree and all the stuff that I, that's, that's very important to my life. So I do that every single morning. And I do that for about 45 minutes. And if it means that I have to get up early because my daughter still needs me to drive her to school and we have to leave by 7 a.m., then it means I get up early to do that. That's a non-negotiable. At some point throughout my day, no matter what, as an entrepreneur, I have the ability to go and take a walk. And that's another meditation for me. So I take about a 40-minute walk. Sometimes I'll listen to meditation music. Sometimes I'll just listen to music that makes me, my soul happy, like regular, you know, radio music. And then sometimes I'll listen to a YouTube and sometimes I'll just walk and I'll listen to my feet, touch the leaves. I'll feel the air on my face. It's whatever I'm in the mood for that day. Um, Usually around three or four, when my energy's draining and usually when I'd want to grab some snacks, (laughs) I'll go back upstairs or I'll go to my backyard and sit and I'll like get, you know, if it's cold out, get, 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 get a fire pit. Whatever, like get a cheap fire pit from Lowe's and put it on. I like to be in nature; it's really important to me. And I think meditating, being in nature, and walking—you check three boxes at one time. You get (laughs) exercise, you're in nature, and you're meditating. Um, And then at night, I always meditate before bed, so that winds up being two to three hours. And and any time that I have a slow day, I'll spend a lot more time. But like also, I could be in my office working and take a ten minute break and sit in my chair and just turn everything off. And that, and then I'm just meditating. So like, it's hard to say sometimes it's 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 10 minutes there, but it's always the walk. It's always the outside. It's always the nighttime and it's always the morning. And that's because I need that. Not because it's the way to do it. Um, it's just what works for me. Um, I am a healer. So I absorb a lot of people's energy and I like to be there for people in order to show up as best as I can. I really need to protect my energy affirmations. I don't do this so much anymore, but like um, affirmations are huge. And there are lots of ways you can do this. You could go get like Louise Hay on your headphones or Abraham Hicks or Wayne Dyer and type in affirmations, uh, Paul Santisi in YouTube, and just put them on while you're brushing your teeth, washing your face, 10 minutes, you're getting ready and you put them in your ears or a positive video, anything positive, it will change your mindset. For the day. What I used to do when my kids were growing up was I would write on their bathroom mirror, I am affirmations and dry erase marker. I am this, I am beautiful. I am happy. I am healthy. I'm smart. I am whatever it was. They'd wake up in the morning to brush their teeth and they'd be reading I am's all over instead of their regular thoughts. Who's going to like me at school? Are people going to make fun of me? What am I going to wear? That's what they'd see. And that's what the shifts take place. So you can do affirmations any way you want. I also have a large glass of water by my bed every single day. Hydration is key. It's lubricating the brain muscles. It's lubricating the gut. It's lubricating the joints. So I always drink that right when I wake up. I mean, these are like lots of things. Like I do oil pulling. Um, That's like before I brush my teeth, but I'm trying to keep it pretty mainstream. No, oil pulling is
0: definitely mainstream now. I think that's so fast. I do. And I want to thank you for giving us permission to said t- take a walk is meditation. Cause I think a lot of people have a misnomer. It's sitting on a pillow with your legs crossed. It's not being grounded and being outside. It can be that too.
1: I cook every single day. That's my meditation. I didn't even add that. I cook for my daughter or my kids. That's my meditation. A lot of times I'll put on music or I'll put nothing on and I'll just be really focused on the cooking, putting love in it. But my mind gets to clear. And here's the thing about meditation. And I do have so many other tips, but I don't want to like overwhelm you guys. But the thing about meditation is people give up on it because what happens is they sit and they think I'm supposed to sit and have a clear head and that's the goal of meditation and to be present to the moment. But you can't get to that clear head until you get rid of all the noise. And the noise and the chatter is immense for most of us because let's say you're 20 or 30, you've spent 20 years hearing this negativity or just this noise and these what ifs and these oh no's and I'm scared. And you think in one day, two days, five days, a week or a month, they're gonna be gone. No, so it's about releasing them. It's about noticing them. Sometimes you have a thought when you're meditating and you go down a rabbit hole with that thought. And then you're all of a sudden, I'm meditating. I'm in this rabbit hole. Oh no. Then you just say, all right, let it go. And you move on to the next thought. But you're not going to have clear space for many years. So don't put that pressure on yourself. Just do the practice of it and don't worry about the outcome.
0: I could listen to you all day. Just keep going. You know, I want also people that's listening to get to know you a little better. So I know you do meditation and mindset in your business, but what's another part of your business you think you can give us a couple hacks about?
1: I guess it's really to help people heal. Mm -hmm. So I can do that through coaching. I can do it through my book. I, I, my Instagram is a labor of love and it's my heart. Like I, that's all free. That's all me taking my time and not, you know, I, get sponsorships and stuff like that. And that's great. But it's, it's not about that. It's when I get those DMS from people I don't know around the world saying, I just want you to know the stuff you put out there is changing my life. I never thought to think this way. I never even knew it was possible to think this way. I mean, amazing. that's it for me. Lights out. If I don't do another thing, if I, other than the rest of my life have, you know, see my children and my sister that just made my, that just made my life. That's all I need to know is that this is impacting someone. And, and you
0: are, and you're impacting a lot of people and giving them the validation. Step into, I would say, step into their light, step into their genius. There's this quote that I really love. I'd love to get your response to it. It says, courage
1: is taking your talents through the fear and into the light. It's all about that because fear is the thing that holds everything back. And we, our fear is the what ifs, it's the unknown. It's the, it's the, it's not being present. It's the, it's our head getting in our way and us not staying here. Our heart is everything. Love is everything. Forgiveness is everything. And when we can stay here and not here, you'll be so courageous You'll be vulnerable, but you won't really care too much about the, I go back to the outcome because you all know you're coming from here. And when you come from here, your heart, you're coming from your soul. And there's nothing more important than living in our soul. We're not, the, we're, we have this meat suit. We have these physical bodies but, and these personalities, but they're not what matters, but we're taught they're what matters and our whole life is meant to be spent getting back to our souls. Wow.
0: I really, I really resonate with that. I really appreciate that. I think that, but I think that's hard for a lot of people to not only acknowledge that, but kind of like say that, you know, if they're not woo-wooed already, it's kind of hard to to go to that. But I think it's, if it's not soul, it's going back to who we really are, going back to, to what we really think and what we think is important.
1: Those are just words, soul, authentic self, inner voice. What it is, is it's baby steps back to happiness, peace. Don't you like feeling in alignment and good? Whatever that word is for you, it's going back to that space of feeling that way. And it takes baby steps to get there because not only is it scary, A lot of people don't know how, but believe it or not, this is like the silliest thing, but drink lemon water every day and you'll see changes in yourself. You know, I didn't go through all the routines and the rituals, but choose one Think journal, um, talk, t- take one toxic person out of your life. Say one lesson, one thing that my kids and I do at dinner is if any one of us says something negative, the three others say you have to give yourself three put-ups, three positives things to offset that one negative. Do that for yourself. It could be anything. Just choose one thing to do differently. Okay. So who else wants to be one of Pam's kids and sit at that table? Because I do. That's funny. <laughs> you can
0: come anytime you want. I think we lose those too. <laughs> we'd we have a good time, but I really, I really thank you for that information. And for, for me, adding one more thing to what I do, like I'm a big lemon water drinker also. And yes, it's changed my life. I've been drinking lemon water for about 20 years. It's made a difference, but taking any of the things that you said today, you know, being inspired to go outside, being inspired to say, Hey, this isn't serving me being inspired to take that toxic person out of your life. That really, I think that resonates. I saw your me. face when I said yeah. that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because I think we all have a toxic person in in your life. And it's somebody you could have known for your entire life that you just are friends with because you're friends with them or somebody that might have something over you, you know, meaning like they're part of your group. And if you exercise them, then you're going to no one else is going to be your friend. Like, what can you give us a little put up about toxic friends? (laughs)
1: Yeah. So I like it. Um, First of all, sometimes we're the toxic person. I just need to point that out. But I guess what I would say about toxic people or people who don't belong in your life anymore, for whatever reason, they're good people, but you've outgrown each other. They're not serving you. You don't. Sometimes it turns out to be a big drama because you can only control yourself, but you all you need to do is distance yourself. You don't need to tell them you're breaking up. You don't need to tell them it's this big thing. You just need to, one, if you have to see them before you go see them, remind yourself that you're going to stay in your power, that your energy is not going to be sucked by them. And you're going to set that intention. And that's already going to change the dynamic. Two, the more you distance yourself. So they text you 10 times a day. So text them back seven times a day. And then five times a day. It'll be very gradual. They'll move on also. um, And notice that, that they're draining you so that you can be aware of it before it happens, not after. And then of course you can have the big falling out if that's what you want. It's just not the way I like to do things. But sometimes you mentioned childhood friend and one of my childhood friends, just since I was 10, she doesn't like what I'm doing right now. She doesn't like this part of me and it's not comfortable for her. She's very 3D and very much in the you know old paradigm and very toxic. And she basically told me, and she told me she, things were done. And wow she engaged and she fought. And I kept saying, you know, like, if this is what you want, it's okay. But it wasn't enough for her. She wanted to fight with me. She wanted to, and it's sad. And I, I love her and I wish her nothing but the best, but sometimes these things happen and there's nothing you can do and you have to release the grip and detach. And if she's going to come back in, she'll come back in. And if she's not, she's not. And if I'm wanting her to, then I'll be open. And if I'm not, then I won't be.
0: Oh, I love that, Pam. I love, I really appreciate you because I love that your openness and and the creating the possibility for everybody around you to really, I I like the put ups, as you can tell. I like that terminology. I'm going to use Pam's terminology for that. Um, But I like the focus really being on just being happy and just being okay. So thank you so much for your time today. I know that everyone thank can you. find Pam at the pamchristiangroup.com where you can find all of her information. And if you've been listening like I've been listening, you are gonna dive deep into what Pam has to offer because it's been amazing. Thank you so much, so great to get to know you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me this week on Behind the Spotlight. Make sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd love a rating on iTunes. Or simply tell a friend about it, and that would help me out too. But if you like the show and you want to check out more, look me up at BethNidick.com. Plus, now I'm offering private 90-minute intensive strategy sessions. You might want to get on that too. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode of Behind the Spotlight.